Amen. Well, get your Bibles out. That's pretty bad. Try it again. Get your Bibles out. There we go. Now, go to uh, Book of James. Now, go to James chapter 1. <clears throat> uh, I think I shared some of this sometime. Was it last week when I was in James 1? Okay. Well, I knew I'd done something. And, uh, you know, but <clears throat> let me just give you a little background. James, he's, he, he's preaching to his church. It's basically the book of James, these five chapters in James. He's talking to his church. He's talking to church people. He's, he's encouraging them. He's telling them uh, what to do. And so let's just read this first, uh, James 1, 2. It says, My brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, nobody likes that. Nobody wants to fall into a trial. And especially nobody wants to count it joy. Knowing that the testing of our faith produces patience. Now, I, I just want to... <clears throat> I want to I want to just set our get our minds right before I go on. Because what James is trying to put forth to people is something that we as Americans we don't want to understand. We don't want to we don't want to grab a hold of it. What we want to do is live in absolute total and complete comfort. I'm for it. I, I I'm with you. All right? I don't really want trials. I I want everything to work right when I'm going out in my day and my daily activities and everything. I would prefer everything works right. Hello? I mean, if you're a person who likes, you're just looking and hoping everything goes wrong, I don't know what to do about that, okay? But from a biblical standpoint, what James is trying to say is we live in a fallen world, and there's going to be problems, there's going to be hiccups, there's going to be trials, there's going to be tribulation, but you've got to get things set straight, okay? Skip down and here to uh, verse 17. He says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation, no shadow of turning. Okay? In other words, you've got to get it straight. The trials and the tribulations, the things and the problems that we have in life, don't never, they never come from God. God's not sending it down. Matter of fact, just a minute ago, we're singing a song, and it says, and we sang this song. I don't know how many times we sang this song, but thinking about this scripture, it says, every... God knows everywhere every lightning bolt goes. And I thought, what if somebody had their house struck by lightning and sitting here singing that song? Thinking, I wonder if God sent the lightning bolt to strike my house. Crazy people. They get off and the devil wants to play on things like that. I had a had an encounter a couple of weeks ago with a person who was reading a book and, and then they <clears throat> had called me to, to verify and say, Well, this book's saying some things I don't think it's right. And basically what the book the, was coming from was that all the, all the words in the Old Testament you, weren't for us. And so I was like, well, you know, okay, well, you know, uh, where's he going with this? And so Red Oni says, like, the, like Jeremiah 29, 11, that God has a good future for us and a hope. Well, you can't take that scripture because that was spoken to Israel and it can't be for you. And, and then I went on, there was other scriptures just taken out that... Uh, Proverbs and different ones that this, this person wrote the book was using as examples of why those scriptures don't apply to us as Christians. And so I was like, man, my, my first thing was, I mean, obviously I knew it wasn't right, but this person sold books, lots of books, and a lot of people read this garbage. 
And they're out there and they're reading it. And a person who doesn't know what the Word of God says doesn't know that God has principles. And yes, the Old Testament is a shadow of the New Testament, but that, that, that the Word spoken that He may have been speaking it to Israel is still the principle of God that He wants in every one of our lives to have a future and a hope and an expectant end that that Scripture does apply to us because it is the nature of God. And I thought to myself, man, I'm just this little country podunk sitting out here. And, and I got more sense than I know, but this guy wrote this book and no telling how many people have read it, no telling where it went, no telling how many people have saw this, no telling how many people got off. All right? Because people, people want to think that God is doing bad to test our faith. Okay? You take the, you take the, 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 the one that everybody always goes back to with Abraham and Isaac. See, God took him up there and wanted him to kill his son. But you go read the story. It's covenant. He was going to see if Abraham was a covenant man. Covenant man means everything that I have is yours and everything you have is mine. And so your son belongs to me. And I'm going to require him of you. It was covenant talk. So Abraham says, hey, if you want my son, you can have him because then you've got to give me multiple sons back. And when he raised his hand, God says, no, stop. I just want to see if you were going to do it. Hello? He's the one said, are you going to be truly a covenant man? That's all I said. There was, no, there was no test or trial. God didn't put cancer on Isaac to see if he would, God would, I mean, Abraham would keep worshiping him or whatever. It wasn't like that. And people get things turned around. So if we know that the trial is not from God, then we know the trial is just a trial. It's just part of this fallen world we live in. I wish we didn't live in a fallen world. I wish we still lived in the garden. I still wish we walked every day with God in the cool of the evening and, 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 and right there physically, not just by the Spirit, but physically. It would be so cool watching everything go along, watching see how the world was created, talking to God face to face. But we don't live like that. Amen? And so James is trying to get across to his church. He said, look, when you fall into a trial, count it joy because know this, that if you go through the trial with your faith out there, stretched out there, standing there believing God, and you go through it, you're going to be stronger when you come out on the other end because you're going to understand God, and he's going to get you delivered through this thing. Hello? And he says, you might as well count it joy because there ain't no sense counting it sad. All right? Let me read on. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. The word patience really means endurance. Let endurance have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Now, when we're reading the Scriptures, I'm kind of sidestepping here. When we're reading the Scriptures and you're going through, you need to be asking God for wisdom. I mean, you need to start out your, your morning or, or whenever it is that you're reading the plan. You need to start out with a prayer and you say, hey, Holy Spirit, I want wisdom. As I read through this, give me wisdom. Open up my eyes. Go put up my understanding so I can see what's going on. Let me see something. Now, is that... See, this is... You can't, you can't pick and choose. You cannot read your Bible with an X-Acto knife and a highlighter. Highlight all the things you like and cut out the things you don't. If John... I mean, if Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart in Jesus, then you're saved, is true then this has to be true right here in James 5, that if you lack wisdom, ask, and he will give to you liberally. Is that right? Okay, so wisdom has to come to you. Now, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like the waves of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Let, no, let, 
Let not the man that suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, for he's a double-minded man, he's unstable in all his ways. He said, look, now, if, you're gonna, if, if on one moment you're going to be saying, yes, I'm believing God, and the next moment you're going to be walking in fear, you're double-minded. And so you're unstable. So everybody knows anything that's unstable, what's going to happen? It's going to fall, right? So he says, somewhere in your walk, God's not causing it to happen. God's not being mean. He's not holding it back from you. Somewhere in your stability, it's going, you're going to teeter and totter, and you're going to fall. <clears throat> when I first started working out as a carpenter, I'll never forget the, uh, the, the first day that it came that I had to crawl up on top of the plate and walk a two-by-four plate. Now, it's amazing that you can take just a two-by-four and lay it on the ground, and you can walk on it. But just put it eight, nine, ten foot in the air and go to walk on that thing, and it seems like you're walking a tightrope and it's like there's a pencil below you. Right? Isn't that right? And to get to where you could do it, well, at first I was like, I can't do it, and so I would sit. Because when you go to put the trusses on the, on the, on the walls, you have, to, you have to be there to mark them and nail them. And, and so... I would, I would sit and I would scooch, 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 sitting. And then, man, that didn't last long. That, man, I'm telling you what. I mean, it was like, buddy, you better get tough and you better just get on up on this plate and walk. But after I did it for a while, at first it was, it was horrible. But after a while, then I was, after a while, it, was, it might as well have been a, you know, a three-foot plate. Because that two-by-four just seemed like it just got bigger and yeah, I could just walk right down it. Never stumble, never fall, go on, no big deal. But getting started, and I saw something the other day, <clears throat> uh, a documentary on the building of the Empire State Building, and I didn't know this, but at the same time they were building the Empire State Building, the Chrysler Building was being built, and it was a race to go up. And it showed all these iron workers, you know, up there walking that, that red iron, you know, 100 floors up just walking that red iron, no safety belts, no nothing, walking right over there to the side, just swinging it. And I thought, man, they had a bigger plate, but whoa, man, that's a long ways. And they showed like, you know, they showed it like what they were looking at. And I'm like, oh, I mean, golly, that you got to be tough to do that, you know. Oh, yeah, it's moving, wind's blowing, everything's going, and you're keeping your, oh, and I think in the whole building of the Empire State Building, I, I think I remember this right, I think only three people were killed, and they weren't killed from falling off the deal. They were killed in other accidents. Nobody fell off. Man, I'd have to have like magnet shoes or something, you know, <laughs> with them really tight, <laughs> strapped on there. So if I did fall, I'd pull myself back up, something. But anyway, once you start doing it, I mean, they got used to it, and it was easy. It wasn't a problem. And it's like they were with our faith. We're like, the, we're like the same thing. We're trying to walk that steel, and at first it seems so scary. And that's what James is saying. You get double, if you get double-minded, you're going to become unstable. And then when you become unstable, that's when you're going to fall. And you can't do that. You just have to get up and walk it. You know, this is a side story. One of the biggest miracles I ever saw in my life was <clears throat> we were working on a house, and it wasn't a two-story house, but it was real tall, had a real steep roof on it. And we had gone through, and that day the, uh, the, the rock masons were supposed to show up and start laying the chimney. And so we had cut the plywood out of the roof for the chimney to go through because this, this chimney was in the house, 
not on the edge, it was inside the house. And we were cut the, the plywood out, but yet we didn't want it to rain over it. So we had put black tar paper, 30-pound felt tar paper over it, and we took a chalk box and we popped lines on it with a big X so that no one would walk on it. And I had to carry a piece of plywood over the, over the ridge to the other side, and I got the piece of plywood and I put it up on my arm, and I was going up that thing, and I walked right over that 30-pound felt. My footprints were in it. And it never gave, it didn't pull the nails, so I didn't fall through with a sheet of plywood walking over it. And when I got to the other side, everybody was going, oh. And my footprints, dust prints, and my footprints were right through that thing. And they said, oh, my God, I can't fall. And I said, well, good thing I prayed this morning because I asked God to put his angels over me. And they're like, holy cow, how did that happen? I said, God took care of me. Because I would have gone right through that sheet of plywood, down through the attic, all the way down through the, it would have been, it would have been ugly. But God saved me. That could have been a bad trial. But see, every day I was believing, because on a construction job, your odds of getting hurt are pretty good. And so my point is, you can't be double-minded. Because even though there's something <laughs> that's not there you're about to step on, if you stay in faith, God's already got you sheared up. All right? But it's when we start to get in, when we start going vacillating back and forth between worry and faith, you know, fear and faith, then we're getting unstable and something's going to fall. So James is trying to encourage his people here. He said, look, you got to stay. You got to stay in faith. You got to keep reading. You got to buy faith every day when you're reading the word and going through the plan. You got to every day believe God's going to give you wisdom. Every day you got to believe that God's got something for you, that, that this next week's scripture is going to have something exactly what you need for that week. Are you all with me? Okay. And it's your faith that's going to take you through all of that. It says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. I'm down in verse 12 now, excuse me. I skipped. Blessed is the man who endures temptation when he has been. Approved, he will receive the crown of life. For the Lord has promised unto him, to those of him that love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by the evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Remember, this is again, he's trying to get all the doubt out of people. God's not tempting you, and the trials aren't coming from God. Right? The temptations come from our own flesh being drawn away and enticed. You got to stay straight. You got to stay focused. The moment you begin to believe that God may not be for you. That's why I, I'm very, very cautious about books I read. I want to make sure that I know the ministry who wrote the book. I want to make sure that he has fruit in his life. I want to make sure that, it's, that he's born fruit, that it's good, because I don't need some yo-yo putting a seed of doubt in my mind or in my, you know, getting in my thinking that may cause me to wave and say, well, wait a minute, maybe. So God doesn't answer Old Testament scriptures? You follow me. Why do I want to mess with that? you got enough problems going on all over the place. I don't need some other seed of doubt coming into my mind. So watch what goes into your ears. Okay? Watch what goes into your ears. Now, I really believe with the, with the reading of the plan and the way we're going and reading the Scriptures together, you know, I, my first concern was, is, oh, God, what if people start getting off and, and, and you know, they got to understand what's going on. And, you know, and, and he said, I got it. The Holy Ghost says to me, I got it. I got it. Just leave it alone. But we need, to, we need to be those people that are always encouraging people. Stay in the Word. Stay true. Stay to what the Word says. Don't go off over here. Don't go off over here. Stay with the plan. Amen? 
Okay, so now jump over uh, to uh, John chap- I mean James chapter five, and let's read verse James five. Let's just start with 13. Is there anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Anyone cheerful, let him sing a psalm. Anyone among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church, let them pray over him, anointing him with, the oil, with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective and fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now, verse 16, where it says, Confess your trespasses to one another. That word trespasses there is the word peripatomus. And that word means side slips. Okay? Side slips. It means when you stumbled. All right? Now, I really believe that when you're reading the Word and the Holy Spirit is convicting us of the Word coming in here, that's your best time to confess your trespasses. Confess your side slips. I believe you need to look at incorporating in, 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 into the plan while the Holy Spirit's speaking wisdom to you to just stop and say, you know, man, I've, I've been really, I, I, I sideslipped this week because I got over in doubt. And then just get back in faith. All right? Don't sit around and beat yourself up because you, you sideslipped. Man, I stumble all the time. Hello? The other day, my son gave me a compliment because I stumbled, tripped over something, stumbled, and fell, caught myself, and didn't hit the ground. He said, that's pretty good, Dad. I was like, yeah. Well, I think the Lord does the same thing. When we don't stay down in the dirt, he looks at us and says, hey, way to go. You didn't, you didn't just fall down and stay down. Way to go. You got back up. It's all in the attitude that we're looking at. And this is where I believe people, because they're raised in bad, by, I shouldn't say bad, but raised in difficult situations and parents that maybe didn't do things right, that they're always looking at God as their parent. We got to look at God as who God is, man. He's a loving God that sent his son to die for us when we were all sinners. My gosh, if Jesus, if God's going to send Jesus to go to the cross for us when we were all sinners, not good, not clean, not, not trying to walk righteous, not full of the Holy Spirit, and is going to love us unconditionally, I think he'll take care of everything else now. Right? Okay, he goes on and he says, Verse 17, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. He prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. You notice there it says Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He's comparing. He's preaching to his congregation. He says, look, you're no different than Elijah. Now, when I read read about Elijah, I'm like, ooh, dude called fire down from heaven. I mean, you know, I mean, this guy. This guy was awesome, but he wasn't full of the Holy Spirit. He wasn't saved by the blood of Jesus. He didn't have his sins all forgiven and washed and cleansed like you do. He didn't have a covenant with Jesus Christ and whom all authority has been given to on heaven and earth. And he compares you to Elijah and he says, he was a man, he was tempted like you are, yet he prayed and it didn't rain. To me, that is, that is, that is just James using an illustration there, but the Holy Ghost giving us wisdom to say, look how God is looking at you. Look how God is looking at you. Just pray in faith. 
and watch heaven move. All right? Now, skip back a chapter to chapter 4. Go down to verse 7. <clears throat> he says, therefore, I'm in James 4, 7. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. What's interesting is the word submit. The word submit was a Greek military term meaning to arrange a troop in a division, to arrange the troops in divisions in a military fashion under the command of a leader. That word submit, and I don't know about y'all, but I think the word submit has a negative connotation to it, right? You say, submit. That means somebody bigger than me is trying to make me do something I don't want to do. But truly the word there was a word that, that like, like an officer would be saying to all the enlisted men, line up. Put yourself in arrangement. Get into your, what do you call it, Lex, when they get in there? Formation, thank you. When they line up, get in formation. Everybody's there. Ready to go. That's what it meant. So when he says submit to God, if you were looking at it from a military perspective, it would say, line up, get in position, get into this place where you're supposed to be. As a child of God, born again, washing the blood of Jesus, get in your position, line up. Now, what would happen if, you know, they, they called formation and some guys over there kicking the dirt and sitting around or whatever, and they go to them, what's wrong with you? Well, I just don't feel like I'm a private today, or I don't feel like I'm part of the group today. I don't feel like I'm really a military person today. I don't feel like I can go to war. I think that's when that, that is that when the drill sergeant comes out, Lex, with the little hat, the little hat, and then I think they learn what submit means, what we think submit means. <laughs> but, in the, but that's what happens to us as Christians. When he says submit to God, he's saying get into your rank and file, get into the position I've called you to. Okay, in authority over your families, in authority over your life, in authority over what God's given you, get in your rank and file and submission, get in formation, get there and submit to God and say, Lord, I'm ready for orders. Okay. Now. It says resist the devil, right? Submit to God, resist the devil. So the word resist means to set oneself against or to withstand, to resist or oppose or to set against. So, you're standing in rank and file in military, right? Let's just say in military fashion. You're standing in rank and file in the military fashion, and what God is basically saying, there's the enemy. And you're like, Ugh. right? You know how, I don't know that they still do this today, but you know, and I've seen World War II footages of, training exercises where they put the bayonets on and they had the, the, the dummy there, you know, I don't know what it was, hay, straw, whatever, dummy or sack or whatever was there, you know, they ran. So what God's saying is, I want you to submit to me. I want you to get yourself in rank and file, know who you are in Christ, what your authority is, and then I'm telling you, there's the enemy. So that's the guy you're going to go. That's what resist means. To set oneself against, to withstand, to resist, to oppose. Sit there and say, no, I've declared war on you. 
you are my enemy. Doubt, you are my enemy. You're my enemy, and I'm resisting you. And then so what does he say? Submit to God, resist the devil, and then what happens? Who flees? He flees. The enemy flees, right? He flees. Because you're, you're in rank and file. You're in formation. You're in formation standing there at attention because you've submitted to God. You've said, there's the enemy. And then he's going to say, uh, I think it's time for me to get out of here. And he flees. So what James is trying to get across to all of his people is say, look, stand in faith. Don't be wavering because when you're wavering, you're out of formation. You're not, you're not standing where you're supposed to be standing. You have the power to pray like Elijah and move heaven and earth, but you've got to get into the submission, and it's not a negative thing. It means you've got to get into your file, your, your position. Now, I've got to ask you this because I don't know military. When, when you see, you know, like they... Revelry, is that what it's called? When they blow the trumpet and everybody comes out and everybody goes and gets in formation? Revelry. Okay. Do you, does everybody supposed to be staying in the same place all the time or they just go get in their line? Or does everybody supposed to be where they were the day before? You got a place. And you're supposed to be in that place the next day beside the same two guys you were or whatever, right? What if somebody's missing you have to step up? know what I'm just saying. If somebody's missing, then you have to step up. That'll preach. That's another whole message right there. <laughs> Thank you for that. Someone's missing, step up. Okay, so my point is, my point is that what he's saying is, okay, if you're, if you're, like, if you're wavering back and forth, well, then somebody's missing. Somebody's not there. So then somebody has to move up. Somebody's got to get into that same position. You have a position and a place you're supposed to be. And by you being there, you're submitting to God. And when it all falls into, into the right formation, then guess what's going to happen? The enemy's going to duck tail and run because he looks out there and he sees the army of God. And faith is what is putting you there and doubts what's taking you out. So then somebody has to step up. Is that amazing or what? So submit to God is not a negative thing. It's a positive thing. It's a positive thing of you taking your position that he has for you. That's what it means. You standing up and saying, all right, I believe in Jesus Christ. He is the Lord and Savior of my life. I believe with all of my heart that God, you saved me, and I'm here in my position, and I want to go forward. You just submitted, got in your file, got your arms length away or whatever they do. Now you're ready to fight. And the fighting is not but resisting, right? And then the enemy flees. And then you pray, and it rains. But please don't play it rains. I had enough rain. Let's pray at sunshine for a few days. I can't take it anymore. Amen? So, submit to God, resist the devil, he'll flee. Amen? Rank and file, formation, finding your place, getting right where you need to be. Look at the person beside you and say, don't be late in the morning. 
Praise God. So let me ask you this, uh, while you're getting your offerings together. Just give me a, how many of y'all are, are reading together in the mornings? How many of y'all are doing the morning thing? Okay. How many are evening? Okay. So we got a, we got a 50 percenter here. Anybody at noon? All right. I just, just wonder, just curious. I knew it would be, there would be no set, set time. Praise God. Well, get your hand on your offer and let's pray. Father, I just declare right now in Jesus' name, we're the most blessed people on the face of the earth. Lord, and I declare that this year, in 2019, we're going to do amazing, amazing, amazing things for you. And Lord, you're going to use us as your instrument to defeat the enemy in a lot of places. And I thank you for blessing these families, blessing their businesses, blessing their hands, that everything that they touch prospers. And Lord, I praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Sunday's dinner on the grounds, right? This Sunday. So Sunday's dinner on the grounds. Sunday's also after dinner on the grounds. We're going to have a meeting for everybody that's on the prayer team and everybody that's in the pastoral team to be there, and we're going to have a little, <clears throat> little meeting. 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 You can eat the meat first, and then you can come to the meeting. Praise God. Well, stand up. <clears throat> Grab that person's hand beside you. <coughs> Excuse me. Father, I just pray right now in Jesus' name that, Lord, every one of us are going to be standing, and we're going we're to submit to you, and we're going to resist the devil, and I declare he's going to flee. I declare, Lord, everything in our lives as we read, as we pray, as we seek you, Lord, you're just going to continue to speak to us, continue to direct us, and we're going to see great victories in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Link's in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you, and if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you, and remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.